botched that spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man. We started getting some visitors. From every universe. Hello, Peter. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Dr. Otto Octavius. <laughs> Wait, no, seriously, what's your actual name? There are others out there. We need to send them back. So, Scooby-Doo this crap. You know, all this is kind of your mess. I know a couple of magic words myself, starting with the word please. Please, Scooby-Doo this crap. Hello and welcome to Fan Critical and our spoiler-filled review of Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, very highly anticipated film and, look, so highly anticipated that John really wanted to be here. Uh, but sadly, he was sucked into the multiverse, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. the one we got sent back was way too happy. It just didn't didn't work you know, he, actually, he he has been weirdly happy, hasn't he? Just yeah, on the yeah in the chat. So I'm I'm kind of thinking that maybe you know our, our multiverse version of John just isn't going to work for this podcast. He has a very specific role, a character, if you will, who is uh, you know he's a grumpy. He can't, we can't have him being happy about things. No. So instead, I've roped uh, Mr. Neutral Gareth into this podcast instead. Hello, Gareth. Yes, hello. Um, I can try to turn up my cynicism a, mm. a touch or two if you want for this pod um i'm sure you will fucking shit in it fucking rubbish so, rubbish marvel yeah. i'm sick of it i've said it in the last five podcasts led i'm sick i'm marveled out i don't want to see any Wait, more is marvel that, is that an impression of me you've gone to a bizarre multiverse to find that version of me mate yeah That's little insane little dweeb like character that i've just uh envisaged as you anyway okay. enough of that banter if you will uh, what we're going to do, start. great start. What we're going to do first of all is have a spoiler-free score review, okay? Because I figure there's going to be a lot of people who are like, "Well, I'm not going to go see this film unless uh, Len, Len and Gaz give it maximum score, maximum reviews." Because maximum review, maximum. Because uh, you know, I respect their opinions, and I know they're going to give us this spoiler-free discussion at the start. Before they dive into it, so they're not going to spoil anything for me. So who's saying that? Loads of people, mate. I got emails, so many of them. Don't even want to get into them right now, but loads. Okay. Um, so this is the way it's going Show to work. Me that email account. Nah, don't, day, worry please. About it. don't worry about it. Anyway, uh, Rotten Tomatoes has this uh, has this to say about Spider Man No Way Home. Is it one hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes? It's one hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so make of that. What do you will? Um, yes, so it's actually got a score of 94%, um, and a critic, uh, that's a critic score. It's got an audience score of 99%. That's that's uh, ludicrous, because usually you've got all the hate. You know, you know, these days, things get review-bombed all the time. So it's very rare to get that sort of score anymore. I'm not a mathematician, but I do know that 99% is one of the better percentages you can 100%, get. 100%, 99% is one of the better ones you can get, so... 
Good. Um, they said this. A bigger, bolder Spider-Man sequel, No Way Home expands the franchise's scope and stakes without losing sight of its humour and heart. Uh, also, I just want to say that this film, uh, as of today, has grossed $854 million in its opening week, which is by far the biggest numbers since uh, the pandemic began um, and is kind of basically where you would expect it to be if there was no pandemic. Uh, you know, billion dollars in opening week, you know, it, it, it can happen. And it has happened with things like Endgame, Star Wars. Um, so <laughs> this, even I think one of the Jurassic World films, which surprisingly is always near the top. Uh, people love those dinosaurs. What can you say? Uh, so so this is, this is like cinema hitting back because there's been a lot of um, talk about how on-demand streaming uh, and releasing these films on like Disney Plus or HBO Max has is the way forward in the future. Um, so this is a big... We still want, we yeah, still want the cinema experience. People yeah, still definitely. want to go with their families or their friends and they want to buy giant things of popcorn and put M&M, crispy M&Ms in it and, you know, nom, 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 nom. buy the limited edition cup holder Who wouldn't stuff. wouldn't want to do like, that? People want that. People yeah. want that. Yeah, exactly. Mostly um, you. Mostly me. Um, and my son, when he grows up, I will force him to do all those things or I'll just buy them and then say they're his so so, so people don't judge me when yeah, I'm like 40 yeah. <laughs> years old, you know? Yeah. yeah. You bought, oh, that's For sweet. Sure. You bought you bought your kid that, that limited edition Carlo Ren um, cup. Yep, definitely bought no, it for him. it's mine. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks, Daddy. It's Get off. Interesting how they're they're all decorating your study, aren't they? And yeah. none of them have made it to his bedroom or his his playroom. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So those numbers that I've just mentioned, obviously, place this statistically uh, and arguably as one of the best Marvel movies ever made. Um, but most importantly, it doesn't matter about those numbers because. Gareth is going to tell you what he thinks. And apparently he's he's better than Rotten Tomatoes and a lot of other people. So here he is. Gareth, can I have your spoiler-free thoughts on uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, as well as the patented blueberry score? And if you want to give it maximum blueberries, you can. But you have to say maximum reviews, semicolon, Five blueberries. blueberries. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Well, thanks for giving me permission yep, um, to use my system that I invented yeah. uh, as I want to. Um, but yeah, you know, you're right. I am better um, than Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, so therefore, this is going to be more official. People won't be referring to the Rotten Tomatoes score. They will be referring to this, which is... Um, <laughs> Vis-a-vis the following. <laughs> Henceforth, <laughs> yeah, I really had... A lovely time going to the cinema to see this. Um, lovely time. You know, let's let's set the scene a little bit, Len. Um, you know, you and I have a little bit of a Christmas tradition of going on a relatively late shop for our... Balls to um, the wall shopping trip. You just got to yeah. get it done. Um, and to be fair, we we're pretty organised this year. Like, I'm yep. impressed with how quickly we got this done. Um, and a week before so, Christmas... I'll, I'll let you a know. whole week. I've got a week, a week to do my wrapping. It's unreal. Um, I feel like I've fallen into some sort of alternate universe. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So look, we we were there on like a bit of a Christmas high. Um, 
we finished super early, which meant we had time to go and have a little drink as well. So we went and, watched, yep. we went and had a drink, watched a bit of terrible cricket happening. Um, but it's safe to say, you know, we were going to the cinema in high spirits. And I was going to the cinema in high, high spirits. And that's despite the fact that I have been suffering from Marvel fatigue for quite mm. some time. Yes. Yeah, that's been well documented. Very well documented. Um, I was I was looking forward to this film, um, probably probably influenced by you, to be honest. Uh, yeah, the hype man himself. Um, now, obviously, this is a spoiler-free segment of the podcast, and we are told at the start of the film, "Don't spoil it." <laughs> like we're given a warning. Um, and it's it's very clear. Like one of our old-fashioned spoiler warnings that we used to do. Um, Correct, then we got some yeah. feedback that that was irritating, so we stopped doing that. But it was like that. <laughs> I think. Um, I think the feedback that was from me actually. I hated it. <laughs> it was all um, of us. It was all of us deep down. Yeah. I went in, in 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 high spirits, slightly wary of my Marvel fatigue. I will say this: um, it's not a film that necessarily bypassed Marvel fatigue for me. It still mm -hmm. suffered from it. Mm -hmm. um, that said, it was it was a lot of fun. It felt a little bit more of a throwback to um, maybe Marvel films of kind of 15 years ago rather than, um, just in terms of the style of it, rather than a, a very current uh, Marvel film, mm. which I kind of liked. I kind of like that vibe. Um, it It is funny. It's not as funny as, say, Thor Ragnarok. Um, but it is it is funny. Um, I have a few issues with some of the the decisions that characters make. You know, I, I I said that to you at the time. I was like, I'm just not sure that like that it quite makes sense the the choices that they're making here. Mm -hmm. And so it is a it's a it's a bit flawed. Um, it isn't it isn't groundbreaking in my opinion. Um, but it was good fun. I am therefore not giving it maximum reviews, but I am giving it four blueberries out God. of five blueberries. What a depressing start to this podcast. Unbelievable. What do you mean four blues? It's giving it four blueberries. People are coming here score. for some hype. They're coming here for, right, you know. Bring the hype. I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it now, okay? So thank you for those spoiler-free thoughts, Gareth. Um, look, we talked about Marvel Fatigue. Blah, blah, blah. John's sick of it. Gaz, very sick of it. I am so sick of it to the point where I, I, I still watch things. Like, But I'm not, like, for example, I'm not watching Hawkeye at the moment. You know what I mean? That's on Disney+. Plus. Got no interest uh, at the moment. I've heard good things, though. So maybe retrospectively, I'll go give it a look. But I, saw, I told people in previous podcasts, especially with Eternals, I said, save yourself for the big ones. Yeah. Save yourself for this your your four love and thunder and your multiverse of madness, okay? And I have a funny feeling that none of those are going to disappoint after seeing something like this because the Avengers and Marvel has to go in a very different direction now, um, and they sort of have been planting seeds with shows like Loki, which is fantastic about the multiverse and you know all this stuff that goes on, and that is how you improve the scope, you know by taking something like our universe and then <laughs> magnifying it by infinity so there's so many possible outcomes and it's huge you know the the scope of it um 
And I know what you're thinking. Well, how can it do that and still have a heart? Well, it bloody does. And they've done a fantastic job. It does have heart. It does have heart. I'm not gonna, I, I wouldn't argue against it. It has so much heart. Yeah, we reviewed Marvel's Eternals, right? Uh, and you've probably all listened to that review. Look, we said no heart. We said it was fine, but it had no heart, right? It, it, the, the whole film lacked. I mean, the humor. They, they tried. They tried with the humor, you know, with Kingo's when? character. They tried with him, oh, yeah. you know, and then he just yeah. fucked off for yeah, half yeah. the film. Spoiler warning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so bizarre. Still bizarre. Um, but this film has so much heart and soul. Um, that it makes that film, you know, if I could review that film retrospectively, Gareth, after seeing something like this, and I know it shouldn't really affect it, but, you know, if I'd seen them back to back, I'd have been like, Jesus, that other one was terrible compared to this. Um, <laughs> the other one, don't even name it. Just... Don't even name it. Tom Tom Holland's like, his interpretation and, and portrayal of Spider-Man is, is actually the best, I think, there has been. Um, uh, and... What's lovely about that in this film is you get to see that, but you you know you also get to see, and this isn't a spoiler because it's in the trailers, some elements of previous Spider fil- Spider Man films. You know, I grew up with Spider Man being one of the most important films of my childhood, like in terms of superhero films. You know, when I think back to superhero films that really it, it, you know captured my imagination, there's the original Batman, you know, with Michael Keaton. Then I'm thinking about um, Spider Man Two. Uh, which for me is still one of the best superhero films ever made and and definitely paved the way for a lot of the movies that we see today. Um, I loved like Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin. I love Doc Ock. um, And, you know, this isn't a spoiler because you've seen, you know, trailer wise, you know, you might see a cameo from it. I can just see you like watching you on a tightrope is hilarious yeah i don't know uh but i think what they've achieved here is is very very special um the main characters and their relationships to each other like are central to this whole narrative uh in more ways than one um and they've been through so much together and even something like dr strange and peter's relationship um it gets explored a bit further here you know it's quite a weird relationship because obviously you know peter's lost tony and now he needs someone to lean on another senior figure and dr strange is that figure and you know they saved half the universe together it's quite a weird (laughs) dynamic they have um but like it's amazing to see that relationship a bit more um i can't really say much more in a spoiler-free context and it's very difficult because we're just gonna have to dive into it so you know i'm just gonna say right now that um last week me and gareth went to see june right finally released here in australia on an imax amazing experience absolutely amazing five experience. blueberry film definitely a five blueberry film we can we can now maximum reviews we can safely say that and you said to me walking out the cinema you said um is that your film of the year and i said yeah i think it is like june june is absolutely mesmerizing uh visually one of the most crazy stunning things i've seen costume design scope scale um definitely my sort of film soundtrack bizarre science fiction absolutely up my alley 100 percent um but like this film for me the enjoyment i got out of this film um like it was like being a child again seeing some things in this film and for me just as an experience as an experience obviously watching june is a completely different experience beautiful completely took me to another world okay but this took yep, me, took me, 
yeah, this took me to my childhood. It it brought a nostalgia. To another universe. Yeah. Nostalgia is something so potent that it will completely derail your senses. And it did. And I just thoroughly enjoyed this film. Um, I think it's it's up there for me in the top three Marvel films ever made. Um, God, it's actually getting wow. quite hot. There's some really good ones up there. Um, pure Joy. It's five bloobs. Maximum reviews. Semicolon. Five blueberries. That is my score. Let it be known. Yeah, no, it is a big score. It, it, I mean, look, it's difficult. We can talk about ranking Marvel movies all day long, but I think for me, uh, Infinity War and Endgame, which I see as a as a as a as a one piece sort of thing, but it's two films. It is two films, but I would say okay, Infinity War is above it because the the emotion I had after watching the ending of that, oh my god, yeah, in the cinema, I, that was incredible, and I just love so many elements of that film. Uh, I I love Captain America: Winter Soldier. I still think it's an absolute classic, um, and and obviously Guardians is up there as well. But for me, this has so, this this has way more heart in it, um, and I and I think that's really important. Um, more heart than uh, more heart than Guardians, definitely one hundred percent. I think I think some of the stuff in this is some of the strongest character relationships that Marvel has done for a very long time, and and I and I think it's totally. I think everyone buys into it and that's why I think it's doing so well and you don't see much hate for it because these characters are so lovable and they love each other and I think that really shines in this film. But anyway, enough about that. Let's get into some spoilers because we can't talk about it properly until we get into those juicy, juicy spoilers. But firstly, a little advert. Just want to say, we've got some new Patreons, Gareth. Sound the Patreon klaxon. Welcome to the club. more like a hurricane warning than a... Yeah, true. Siren. True. Uh, we'll work on that. Uh, thanks to Erin Jennings. Uh, thank you for joining uh, the Patreon Club. I know you, we've had some uh, email discussions and saying about how uh, you loved our uh, uh, Watchmen coverage, Gareth, uh, when we used to say the uh, <laughs> guilty, guilty. guilty. Uh, it's, a, it's a reference to the Watchmen show that we used to do. Um, when John's back, I promise we will get everyone to say it uh and do the sketch again <laughs> um so thank you for your support it means a lot and and jess Renero returning to the patreon club thank you thank you for coming back absolute pleasure to have you back and uh your support has been fantastic before and it's going to be fantastic again so thank you so much um and if you guys superstars out there want to join erin and jessica in uh supporting us all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash fan critical on no. there you can, you know, subscribe and uh, help us create new shows. Now, I, I know, I know the old saying in like business and life, I suppose, yep. yeah, is under promise over deliver. Correct. So I hope that I'm not over promising here, but I just wanted to say Patreon, there's going to be more stuff coming your way soon. Just keep an eye out. We're, I'm going to keep that vague, but it's there's vague. some stuff coming. It's vague. It's very vague. It's vague. But but, but, uh, but fair, right? There's, there's vague stuff but fair. Stuff is way. happening. Stuff is brewing. Hold your hats yes. and the Patreon klaxon horn thing. Um, other than that, Gareth, <laughs> I thought I'd just say that this is probably our last podcast before the new year. Um, so we're going to take some time off, two weeks or so, and uh, you know, digest, eat, be with family, try and get over this pandemic as best we can. Uh, and we want you to do the same. Have a lovely break. Um, and you know, don't miss us too much. I know you will. 
So, you know, when you want to escape the family at some point, you're going to go, oh, I want to go listen to my fan critical mates for a minute. Well, don't worry. We've got a huge back catalogue. So go check that out. Yeah, I'm sure you haven't listened to every single episode. Fan critical. Not possible. Some, all apps. Go check them out. Um, so, yeah, happy Christmas, everybody. Um, and it's not the end of the podcast. Don't worry. We're going to get into spoilers now. But I just wanted to say that before we forgot, because, you know, it's that time of year, you know. Or, oh, you and know, then happy happy holidays for you know anyone holidays anyone yes celebrate christmas very true happy holidays that's a better way of saying it gareth good point um right uh, i'll tell you what podcast we're coming back with uh at the end of this podcast to keep you really excited because that's going to be a fucking great one okay main spoilers let's go um we pick up with this film gareth uh with quinton beck aka mysterio he's framed peter parker for his murder and reveals his identity as spider-man Okay, so, you know, this is a direct pickup from the end of uh, Far From Home. And uh, this is great stuff because it really shows you how Peter's life would, you know, does get thrown into complete disarray when he becomes, quote unquote, the most famous person on the planet, which is fair enough. Like, you know, since Iron Man died, um, Peter Parker is being built up as a potential Avengers leader. You know, Spider-Man is being built up as the next iron man in a way um and that was definitely prevalent in the in the previous film now to have his identity revealed like this it's damaging to him and everyone he cares about right it is i i found this bit i I found this sort of sequence a little bit cheesy um oh really do you know what i mean like i i think maybe it's just the nature of what it was that they're trying to do but it felt like there was a lot of shit acting happening in it because there were so many people that had to pretend to be like fawning over him and uh, or like booing him because they think that he's killed Mysterio. And yeah, the, yeah. it was just it was it's a little bit background acting. It's a lot of his background. Yeah. Acting. yeah. That's right. it's, it's like it's like it's like in those old episodes of Friends when, you know, like an extra gets a, a line or two i know like, yeah it stands out it stands out because you're just like what's going on yeah i get that but at the same time i thought i thought the sort of quickness of this whole sequence i like, went on for like 10 minutes going you know him being potentially prosecuted um fucking hell his lawyer is fucking daredevil that was amazing like i couldn't believe yeah. what i was seeing huge spoiler straight off the bat there daredevil coming back to the mcu jesus christ um, catches a brick yeah and he's like, how to do that? He said, I'm a very good lawyer. Damn straight you are, son. I'm very excited. Good line. It was good very line. good. What an amazing thing to happen like 10 minutes into the film. I was like, Jesus. Um, I want to touch on the identity reveal situation comic wise, because I think that's interesting. So in the comics, Peter does reveal his identity. He's actually uh, in the Civil War storyline on Iron Man's side. And to do so, he reveals his identity. Um, so he massively regrets it like it causes so many problems when he eventually backs away from the civil war situation um eventually iron man doctor strange and mr fantastic uh find a way a sciencey way of uh wiping everyone's mind without like an amnesia sort of thing convenient. um convenient also very accurate to what happens here because peter in his you know malaise and his uh you know hates his new life where he, he he can't really do his vigilante Avengers thing, 
in private, he turns to the Sanctum Santorum uh, and Stephen Strange. And he goes yeah. there asking about the Eye of Agamotto, the, the time stone. Um, obviously, Doctor Strange no longer has the time stone because they were all put back into their place by Captain America at the end of uh, Endgame. And, um, but they do say there is this really easy spell that makes people forget things. Um, so we can make everyone forget that your name is Peter Parker. See, however, oh, I'll stop you there, okay, Gareth. Go on. Just let me, let, uh, however, as he's casting the spell, Peter realizes that everyone, including MJ, Ned, Happy, Aunt May, even Doctor Strange himself, and all the other Avengers would forget who Peter Parker is, which would, in turn, lead to all of the emotional growth that he's had over the past few films uh, disappear and he would be left completely isolated and alone. So he tries to, you know, manipulate the spell while on the fly to to, to accommodate these people and uh, it all goes to shit. Yeah. So, all right. I suppose this is, this is a good example of what I'm talking about when I say some of the motivations just seemed a, like a little bit tenuous. Like, if you're going to do this spell for Peter Parker, first of all, Doctor Strange doesn't seem to me the type that would just do this spell because, because let's let's be fair, the reason that Peter Parker wants it to happen is that yep. he hasn't got into MIT. Him and his mates haven't got into MIT yep. because yep. people know who he is. Yep. I, I, I don't think Doctor Strange, in all of his infinite wisdom... He's going yeah. to be like, well, do you know what? It's worth risking fucking this up and do, playing around with some dangerous stuff so that you can get into the, the yeah. number one college. Like, come on. They, they they kind of say, though, that, oh, we did it that time with that party. We wanted everyone to forget. They try and make it off like it's a simple spell. Also, Doctor Strange kind of feels a bit of maybe pity on Peter. He's lost like Iron Man. You know, as I said, they have this relationship. And he is also Mr. Fix-It. He... Is quite arrogant in a way, Doctor Strange. Like that is one of his things. He always thinks he can fix everything, which is what drove him to become the Sorcerer Supreme because he's got an insane level of detail and refuses to give up. So it's quite interesting. There are elements in there, but I do agree. But then I didn't realize how wrong it could go. <laughs> but well, and and if you're gonna, if you've decided, all right, it's worth it. Wouldn't you just sit down for a second and be like, right, what exactly is it that you want? Yeah, because maybe plan it. Obviously, yeah. Doctor Strange doesn't want everybody to f- knows that Peter Parker doesn't want everyone to forget who he is. Why yeah. have you started doing this spell without checking who he wants to to know who he is? Ludicrous. Okay, that's fair. They maybe should have had a little uh, five minute um, brainstorm and uh, figured out the spell. <laughs> just take some notes. Take yeah, some notes. Honestly. Write it down. A little, and then little whiteboard. Then cast it. That goes horribly wrong. And basically, then Doctor Strange is like, why, why haven't you just even gone to try and convince the MIT people that, you know, let us in? Peter goes to track down this woman in a car on a traffic Oh, jam. sorry, just quickly, just to, just to clarify there. Obviously, it goes horribly wrong, but Doctor Strange does manage to contain the spell. So contain it's not going to do yeah. any damage. Or does he? Ooh. Ooh. Um, <laughs> he finds this woman on the bridge, and before you know it, bloody... Otto Octavius, Dr. Rock appears uh, from Spider-Man 2, uh, looking as great as ever. It's unbelievable, some of the, you know, work done on this man. He looks the same as in Spider-Man 2 here. He hasn't aged. He, he hasn't, hasn't aged. aged. He hasn't aged a day. 
did did he just look way too old? Uh, I w- I rewatched Spider Man two like about three months ago, and he looks yeah the same. The same. Actually, mate. When it's crazy. did that come out? That might be like twenty years old. Now. Oh, it's like twenty years or something, bro. It's crazy. It's like two thousand and three, maybe. Yeah, bizarre. Anyway, so he turns up, and you're like, "This is awesome." They have a great fight on the bridge, you know, because these are iconic. Spy- this is an iconic Spider-Man villain that we just not seen in this canon. Um, and then, basically, the cinema erupted in cheers, um, which is great, and we'll get onto that. We'll get on to that later, Gareth. Remember that. Cinema erupted in cheers. In America, that is not a big deal. In places like Australia and the UK, huge deal. Doesn't happen. I've been to the cinema in uh, the movies in America quite a lot for things like Rogue One. I've actually seen a couple of Star Wars premieres there. And the audience is electric, like to the point of everything is getting cheered. It's it's actually a really fun atmosphere to be in. You feel like you're part of something quite special. And... To have that, those moments, those rare films that transcend it in other countries where that, they have that same sort of vibe and energy. I, I knew this was a special film when I heard that sort of stuff. Um, and other people have mentioned to me as well that um, their auditoriums also were kicking off a bit, which is great. I mean, just goes to show how infectious um, some of these classic characters are. So Doc Ock appears, they fight. Spider-Man eventually gets the best of him by using his nanotech to control the arms. Um, and then Green Goblin appears out of nowhere. And you're like, fucking hell, this is amazing. Yeah, I did. At this point, I thought, is this just going to be some sort of procession on the bridge? Yeah. Like well, it just did all seem of the old way. characters come running down the bridge. Yeah, but, it did no. feel that way. Um, anyway, then Doctor Strange intervenes, teleports Peter to the, the Santorum place <laughs> can never say it and uh essentially says look okay what's happened here is i fucked up the spell because of you and now everyone who knows peter parker is spider-man from every different multiverse is coming into this dimension um i need you to go out there capture them shoot them with this thing which tra- teleports them into a cell here and then i can send them back to their universe so Peter's like, oh, do I really have to do this? Is this a problem? He's like, yeah, definitely a problem. Um, and then he gets the brain trust involved, which involves MJ and Ned, who are two great characters. Um, and I love their relationship as a as a, as a triumvirate, like a, a, a best friend and a sort of romantic interest. But they both have sort of, triumvirate. Yeah, some useful skills uh for peter to to harness as well so i I love that dynamic and getting them involved just makes it a whole lot more um i don't know it gives it that heart that we're talking about you know that that character those character beats and and relationships we really care about and and is sort of he's he's the hype man isn't he He, he's he loves you yeah he loves it in a lot of ways yeah he's like Um, completely loving everything like when he walks in mj's the cynical one so she's super cynical yeah which I guess means I'm Peter Parker. Well, definitely fine. not. <laughs> definitely not. You are Carry bug-like on. in a way. You're like a bug. Um, <laughs> don't know which one. Wow. Anyway, so they're on it. Their job is to hunt down what I thought was turning into the Sinister Six because they go on this escapade to hunt down um, Green Goblin, but then they bump into Jamie Foxx's Electro, right? Uh, this is a cool scene. Uh, with the electricity, yeah, very cool. Um, and then you've also got Sandman, right? So less cool, but le- less cool, but easily one of the least cool possibilities. And they've already captured Lizard, 
um, okay, from Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, and Electro is from Amazing Spider-Man 2, um, which has its faults. You know, let's not let's not all imagine that it's a good, it's an, a, an amazing film. It's okay, um, but just to have these guys back is is kind of crazy. Jamie Fox, as well, that's a big deal. Like you know, he's a very popular guy these days. Um, so <laughs> they have that they have that sequence. That's all the girls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, cool guy. Um, so they capture all these uh, villains, and uh, they they sort of. You know, Doctor Strange says, yep, I'm going to send them back. But then they sort of all have these conversations with each other, which are quite funny because these villains have never really interacted, also from different universes, apart from, well, Lizard and Max are from the same universe and Doc Ock, Sandman and Defoe's Green Goblin are from the same universe. By the way, Green Goblin at this point has shed his uh, bipolar skin and is just now Norman Osborn who is a weak, frail old man looking for advice, which makes him much more empathetic than he's ever been. Um, you know what I mean? Like, you're seeing him very vulnerable, which you do see in the original Spider-Man, but there's something about him here where you really pity him in a way, like you want to help him. Like, do you know what I mean? You feel sorry for him. Well, yeah, he's an old, confused man who's wandered yeah. into a different universe. Um that would be confusing for most Yeah, people. to be fair, Let that would confuse most. It's not because he's yeah. old, but he has also got a serious condition where he turns into a raving lunatic who wants to kill everyone. Also confusing. Also very confusing. So Peter's actually formed a, a weird bond with Norman Osborn, which is bizarre. Uh, canonically bizarre. Then what happens is he finds out that Osborn's actually dead in his universe and Doc Ock also dies. And they all die. All these characters die at the hands of Spider-Man, fighting Spider-Man. And he's like, whoa, 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 I can't send these guys back to die. We have to help them. Doctor Strange is like, nah, kid, fucking just send them back. We can't be having this bollocks. You, you've got me in enough trouble as far as it is. Wong's coming back. He's going to go mental. Yeah. yeah? He's, he's Who made Wong Sorcerer Supreme? Mental. Anyway. Sand all over the living room. Like, yeah. this is nonsense. <laughs> Clean it up. God. Um, and basically what happens is he, he snatches the box that's going to send them all home um, and <laughs> basically has a fight with Doctor Strange in the Mirror Universe. Now, Gareth, you haven't seen the Mirror Universe before uh, because you missed out on uh, Doctor Strange. is his own film. What do you think about the, the Mirror Universe? I loved the Mirror Universe and I loved the Mirror Universe so much that I watched Doctor Strange yesterday. Did you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because I was like, I want to see more Mirror Universe. Spoiler um, warning. No, joking. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, this is this is a really cool scene. I loved it. This is, this is probably my my scene of the of the film. Um, and I said to you afterwards, I said, uh, does Doctor Strange like have a lot of the uh, the old Mirror Mirror Universe? I said yes, lots of um, it. You did say yes. It had less than I had hoped. But, yeah, but um, he has other stuff they have to go through, like out-of-body experiences. Like do. Uh There's that cool sequence in Doctor Strange where he gets put within like just an infinite sort of universe and he's all that weird visual shit that goes on. You know what I mean? Like where she tries to show him everything. Um, yeah. Fuck <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. Remind me of that Simpsons episode, actually, yes. where Homer has that chilli. Or the Rick and Morty episodes where they 
time jump and they all whirl together and they go through that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I loved the mirror verse scene. That was that was good fun. Yeah. Um, I, but also, just going back a step, Doctor Strange 100% is in the right here. Like, come on, mate. Oh, yeah, you got to just, you got to let fate up. decide itself in a way. Um, and their fate has been decided. However, the more I see of Doctor Strange, I'm like, I really like Doctor Strange. Like, he's gone from mm. like sort of someone I didn't really care about that much when his original film came out to now, after seeing him through the Infinity Saga and in this film and some what if stuff i'm like i'm totally in on dr strange's character and his sort of realms of possibilities and uh this is even more showcased here i think in in this film yeah yeah he's great i i love he's him cool. I'm, I'm i'm with you on board the uh dr strange hype train yeah dr strange train he uses several trains in the mirror sequence which <laughs> is quite does, fun. actually yeah. <laughs> yeah um he actually gets stuck on that train cuz peter using the skills of geometry outwits him uh, traps him in the mirrorverse, and then Julie goes to free the Sinister Five, <laughs> as I'm calling them, and uh, they all go to Happy Hogan's apartment and um, try and work on cures for each of them. Um, and Peter successfully cures Doc Ock, and that's great because then you get to see the sweeter side of Otto Octavius, um, who is actually a lovely man. And then they all go about trying to cure each and every one of them. But you know what the problem with villains is, Gareth? Is that, you they're know, villainous. They're villainous. And they will fuck you over at some point. Um, not all the time, but sometimes. And uh, <laughs> what, what happened? This isn't yeah. like, it's not a sound bite, is it? We can't put this on a little poster, little yeah, they you know, will motivational fuck you over. poster. They will fuck you over at some point. Um, sometimes, but so, not always. But not always. But basically, guess what? Norman Osborn's turned back into Green Goblin. Him and Electro. Oh, I didn't send... know he would. Oh, God damn it. Knew Willem Dafoe would totally do this. Also, Willem Dafoe interestingly said that he didn't want to just come back for a cameo. He wanted a big, chunky role. And I think he got it in this film. And boy, oh, yeah. does, he, does he run with it. Um, he essentially causes a fight with Spider-Man here and uh, Electro and everyone. And they'll piss off and then... Green Goblin is being proper Green Goblin here, like maniacal. Uh, and you really get a sense in this one of his like super strength as well. Like he's fucking going toe to toe with Spider-Man here. And it's visceral stuff. Like he is choking, fucking multiple beatdowns in the face. Like just smashing him through floors and stuff. Oh, it's great. It's, this was awesome. This this whole scene was awesome. And it it completely ramps up to the point where you have what I think is an unbelievable set of scenes, um, which to be fair, even though I have seen this scene uh, so many times throughout comic book history, uh, maybe with different characters or um, in film history, it still took me by complete surprise to see the death of Aunt May here. Um, you teared up, didn't you? Oh, this was just brutal. I just was like, oh, Jesus. And the thing is, I really like Aunt May. I like this depiction of, of Peter and her's relationship. It's a lot more sort of young. It's a lot more sort of um, fun. Like she's a lot more, she's very supportive of his, you know, superhero stuff. 
and 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 you know actively wants him to do the right thing it's her that encourages him to do the right thing here and try and save these villains but green goblin fucking kills her and uh that whole scene i thought the acting was phenomenal from tom holland and aunt may and we get the famous line which we have been waiting for for three films now the famous spider-man line with great power comes great responsibility um famously uttered um by Uncle Ben. Um, and, and they say it a couple more times throughout the film. It's like, oh, yeah, come on. Hammering at home. But yeah. it is nice to see that this this line transcends the multiverse. Like this is a th- this is this is him. You know, this is his the essence. This is his drive that he's always had. Peter Parker's drive. And and Aunt May dies here. Yeah. And she does. It's a dying it's a dying those are our dying words, aren't they? Pretty much, yeah. Um Man, what did you think about this? Did it catch you by surprise? It caught me by complete surprise. I could not see this happening in this film. Because I think he's yeah. been through a lot. I think he's been through so much, this Peter Parker. Like, the other Peter Parkers haven't been fucking vanished in the blip and haven't fought Thanos to save the universe. They've fought fucking Rhino. And they fought fucking, you know, um, Electro. They've not fought Thanos. You know what I mean? To save the universe. So I think this Peter Parker's been through a lot. So I, w- I didn't think he was going to have to suffer anymore. No, the film up to this point as well, that didn't it didn't really fit tonally, did it? Like you didn't know which I'm, I'm, I'm saying is it as a good thing, really, like for it to um to hit you around the face, um, right, in the, <laughs> right in the face because you're unguarded. You don't have your guard up. Um so yeah, I I, w- I was taken by surprise for sure. I also love that you <laughs> you praised the acting in this scene from both Tom Holland and Aunt May, um, <laughs> played by Aunt May. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence! They they weren't going to call her that, and then they were like, "Bloody hell, no. we've got what, what an actor called is, Aunt May." Yeah, um, Marissa Tomei. Um, That's who, correct. Uh, is yeah, she. You're right. I I I'm a big fan of this. Um, this younger Aunt May as well. I think that um, that works. We don't we don't need the old sage uh, in this film because that comes, I suppose, in the form of Doctor Strange, um, and that that kind of you know uh, wisdom and although although she's she's delivering her own form of wisdom too, actually. Yeah, um, uh, yeah and she yeah, says it but, in a way that's kind of went the way she was talking when you you kind of think she's all right i was like she's speaking really weird here like frantically yeah. and i was like yeah. i think she's dead i think she's like totally dying here and then i was like oh maybe she's not dying because she said great power comes great responsibility and then she just fucking keels over and i was just like oh god that really caught me off guard um she was talking bizarrely and it was really well done because it's kind of how you imagine people in it's like when you watch films like 1917 and these other war films when they get shot and stuff. Sometimes I just forget what's happened to them. Um, yeah. It's very powerful. Uh, it's very powerful stuff. Um, there's actually a scene that follows this where, you know, the rain is falling down on Peter's face where he's lit up by a screen with uh, Jonah Jameson, the reporter, saying about how he's killed Aunt May or something or it's his fault that this, this woman's dead. It looked so Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I was I was just like, this is amazing cinematography. It looked brilliant. I mean, it was depressing, uh, very depressing. But that the poignancy of that scene was really cool. Um, did you get those sort of few, those vibes, those cinematographer vibes? 
Um, do you know uh, what's his name again? Sorry, the reporter. Denny. Oh, Jonah Jameson. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. J. Jonah Jameson, isn't it? J. Um, Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Yeah. The I, I know what you're saying now. When I think back, and, and visually, you're probably right. But he's too over the top. Yeah, he always is. Very, though. very comic book. Very comic yeah. book esque. And so, like, I, I, I'm not going to complain too much about that. Um, but that's probably why I, I didn't immediately make that connection because you know everything in Blade Runner is sort of slightly, yeah, or sorry, very removed from any sort of personality. Whereas this is a really bombastic, like reporter yep. in your face, like, um, yeah. So yeah, um, it, it was it was a very different tone, but yes, visually thinking about it, you're right. That did have Denis Villeneuve vibes. Yeah, and uh, definitely just want to say that that. Uh, you know what's his face the actor gareth whiplash what's his um, name yeah um i've had a mem- mind in- initials he's just got initials yeah <laughs> initial man um he is is in the old spider-man film as well like the toby Maguire version that is he plays the same character so um it's great to have him back um jk simmons jk simmons initial man the initial man uh that's his superpower uh, and he, he's a brilliant actor initial. as well. Oh, he's unbelievable. Brilliant Oscar, Oscar winning, not, obviously. Uh, not so criticising him. Yeah, let's not have a go at him. Um, so, Peter's at his lowest ebb here. Lost Aunt May. Um, he's got that drive now that he's always needed, apparently. Spider-Man has always needed to lose loved ones around him and hear those famous lines. Um, Ned... Uh, tries to discover where Peter is and has a sling ring which Peter stole from Doctor Strange. That that's the portal ring. It allows them to teleport anywhere. And he says, "Take me to Peter." And then they did the portal, and you see a silhouette of Spider Man. And I was like, "Right, oh, that's Andrew Garfield." Straight away, I was like, "I turned to you and said, that's Andrew Garfield." He comes through cinema, cinema cheers, of course. Um, and you forget. How fucking good Andrew Garfield was as Peter Parker. He's really good. He's really funny. Like he's I've, cheeky. I've he's that. Got wise cracks to him. He's great. And then you're like, okay, take me to Peter Parker. And then he opens it up, and some guy comes in, just dressed in clothes, nothing, no suit or anything. And it's fucking Tobey Maguire. Cinema erupts, obviously once again. Uh, great moments, and just to see these two together uh, was beautiful. And then to see them with Pete, um, Tom Holland's Peter Parker as well. Um, I was worried about the... Because, uh, look, when we knew this was multiverse, and there's a part of me that kind of wishes that they hadn't given away as much as they had about the film. Um, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, for about two years now, have literally done about five or six interviews each where they've had to say, look, I'm not in this film. And they've just lied. <laughs> They blatantly <laughs> yeah. lied. And that's great. I love that. Like, it's like when know, Game of Thrones now spoilers. I'll never believe either of them. <laughs> yeah, who cares? No what they say. Uh, their careers are finished. This is the biggest thing they'll do now. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, Andrew Garfield's still got some legs in him. Um, but no, uh, too many. Playing for Germany Spider. up front. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Thomas Muller. Um, I don't like him. It's he does. He does. But um, it's... I was worried because they gave away a bit too much about the multiverse. Obviously, they didn't say these these characters are in it, but we all expected them to be in it, especially when you see Doc Ock, Green Goblin. Um, 
and I was worried about the banter. Did you think the banter between all three of them worked? Because I thought it was glorious. I thought it was really good. I, and that's, you know, I'm probably coming at it from a, um, a, a Spider-Man skeptic perspective as well. Like I, I, I didn't love those Tobey Maguire films back in the day. Um, the Andrew Garfield ones kind of just, just sort of passed me by a bit. Um, and like, I, I liked him, but, but yeah, the films, I can't remember them. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I don't know, may, maybe that worked in its favor from my perspective because I didn't hold anything too dear to my heart. So it was just, you know, three good actors and they are all good actors. Like no matter what people say about Toby, Toby Maguire, he's a good actor. Um, yep. uh, just three good actors playing like three slight, guys hanging out, just three guys messing around. Um it was good stuff. It was it was funny. Um, like me, you, and John on a Friday night, just having a good time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is what it was. Except yeah. we've all got the same name, um, which is hilarious. Minutemen, uh, but we're all minutemen. No, we're all superheroes they, in a way. They um, they were good. They were good. A- Andrew Garfield was the primarily the comic relief of the, the mm. three. Um, mm-hmm. I suppose that's to be expected, wasn't it? Yeah, and I, I like the way. And this was good. Little you know tidbit for any comic fans out there um it's always been a massive um point of contention the fact that toby Maguire's spider-man can biologically uh create webs oh, yeah. because yeah. Uh, i think yeah. it's it's just not how it happens they every peter parker that i could think of creates web shooters and it's always been a point of contention, like, you know, for really geeky fans who are just like, that's ridiculous. He can't do that. And they make fucking so much fun of it in this film that he has biological web shooters. And I was like, yes, this is hilarious. Have you ever had a web block? Yeah. Does it come out of anywhere else? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's that stuff down there? Then? Anyway, don't worry about that. It's just, te- it's just good. It's just good. It's great banter. And the writing, I kind of feel like they just really vibed off each other quite well. There's probably a bit of improv in there sometimes. I don't know. It just felt good. It felt it felt funny. Um, it did. And like comparison of, of sort of who they fought, like you touched upon it earlier. Like yeah. Tom Holland, Spider-Man, he's going Save about Thanos and an alien, <laughs> purple alien. And then Andrew Garfield's like, oh yeah, I, well, I fought a rhinoceros Russian, machine. Russian in a, rhino, in a rhinoceros <laughs> Russian machine. Guy. And Toby Maguire's like, I fought this alien that was made out of black goo. It's like, okay, so he fought Venom, obviously. Um, and it's just like, I fought an alien too. I went to space. He was purple. I was like, yeah, this is good. This is good stuff. And and it makes you realize how, and, and he's also like, oh, there's no other Avengers around. They're like, who's the Avengers? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in their universe, there's no Avengers. It's great. I love it. I love it. I loved all of that. It was great. And it makes their films not seem pointless now. It makes their films feel like relevant and i don't know just like they lived in their own time and space and i love that yeah um so they basically come up with a plan the big finale of the film is them to cure all of these villains um uh including green goblin who peter actually despises now and wants to kill because he killed out may which is a fair enough reaction to be honest with you um so they all go about their business they uh cure all of the villains, but unfortunately, Doctor Strange has now returned, by the way. Uh, they kill all the villains. Peter actually goes to kill Green Goblin, but is stopped by Tobey Maguire, who then gets stabbed by Green Goblin. And I was like sitting there going, 
The Queen Goblin. The Queen Goblin. The Queen Goblin wheeled him. <laughs> he wheeled him, he did. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. I've had a no, seltzer and it's gone to my head. Um, yeah, passion fruit seltzer. Lovely, lovely drop. Uh, and uh, I was like, oh shit, they've killed Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. Yeah. And then it I was like... It would have been like, heavy, but it would have made sense. Like, yeah, but then what about MJ back home? I was like, you can't leave MJ alone. Jesus Christ. Anyway, that's, yeah, that, the, he's the fine, guys. Deals. He said he's going to be all right. Uh, he gets stabbed all the time, apparently. So that's great. Uh, <laughs> not that he gets stabbed, but just great yeah. that he can heal like a spider. They don't, I don't know. Do they heal? Maybe. Um, some might. don't know. There's lots of types of spiders out there, Gareth. Um, oh, you're thinking of you're thinking of lizards and slugs and things, yeah. Um, um, can I just say with this man. scene, this this scene yeah. at the end, whether the the fight is on the Statue of Liberty and with like, Cap yeah. Shield, with Cap yeah. Shield being uh, added being to the Statue installed, of like it's mid installation, <laughs> isn't it? Great, it that's great. Um, yeah, I do like that, but um, it the, there's a point like they start the fight. And it's like, oh, it's not going very well. And then they just, the three of them, the three Spider-Mans, yeah. just like stop and have a little team talk in the middle yeah, of like, it. Like, that's when the what? Avengers line comes up. They're like, you've not worked in a team before? He's like, no. And everyone's like, no. He's like, right, well, I have. Just trust your Peter Tingle and follow my lead. <laughs> right. It's good. But, I mean, it's the, the dialogue's fine, uh, sort of, but... Why have why have the bad guys let them just have ah, this little It's a pit comic stop? book film. Let it go. Well, oh, come on, mate. You <laughs> can't have. You can't. You can't let. No, the standards have been set. We, okay. we expect more from our comic book films these days. Okay, okay. If you say so. Yeah, um, so Doctor Strange, Green Goblin now cured. Peter stopped from killing him. Doctor Strange is now struggling to contain the infinite possibilities of villains that will come through who know who peter parker is they're all coming through it looks amazing actually the cracking of reality around the statue of liberty very cool very good reference around the new to york it. skyline it looks awesome. yes very good reference to the what if marvel series on disney plus which i'll talk about later um and he says the only way to fix this is to do the spell where everyone forgets who peter parker is wow so we've got back to square one where we were at the start of the film um he does the spell but he you know peter goes down and talks to ned he talks to mj and he says like i don't want i i, I don't want you guys to forget me i'm gonna find you and they're obviously devastated because they don't want to forget him you know especially mj she loves him sure ned loves him in his own little way fanboy way um and i'm gonna come find you i'm gonna tell you everything and they said you better find me you better find me cast a spell Everyone forgets who Peter Parker is. Spider-Man's true identity is 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 you know is survived, and essentially now no one knows who Peter Parker is to the point where they don't even know he exists. It's not like they don't know who he is. It's just he doesn't exist to them. Like they, he has to meet them all for the first time. Blah blah blah. You know, Peter later visits MJ and Ned uh, to reintroduce himself, but decides against it. Um, because he sees that their life might be better off without him and he doesn't want to endanger them like he did Aunt May. Um, you know, um, which I thought, and I'm just going to say this right now, this is a very depressing ending to what has been a very fun film, apart from obviously the Aunt I May death. I thought this was it an is excellent brutal. ending. I thought yeah. it was a really good ending because I, I love that it went down that route rather than 
having to have everything tied up in a in a neat bow and you know a situation where the superhero can have their cake and eat it too like sometimes yep. there's a sacrifice to be to be paid like if oh, he knows that to Jesus. be that superhero and you want to you you if you want to be spider-man there are you're gonna to have to deal with the consequences and i yeah i think that like in a way the way that the sort of action sequence took place afterwards and the the soundtrack there was optimism within that you know like yeah it there was is. like yeah he's lost that and and that's really sad but that doesn't mean that he can't have a fulfilling time being spider-man like he's having a great time yeah. stopping all the crimes yeah, I mean, it's just hard for him because he's lost everyone. He has no one now. Like, you know, he he has, he's lost Aunt May, he's lost his relationship with MJ, Ned, uh, his closest confidants, happy. Um, so for me, it's a very depressing note. Look, I, I, I applaud it in its uh, in its boldness because it is bold to, to have Spider-Man, who has been built up over, I think, six films now, if you include uh, Civil War, The Infinity Saga... Um, and his own films, he's been built up as the next leader of the Avengers to the point where the whole point of Far From Home was Tony trusts you, all the Avengers will be looking to you at some point. You're the smartest kid. You're the the what, maybe one of the strongest heroes. You were going to be the leader of the Avengers. They've been setting that up for five films, and they've just completely gone. Nope. See ya. No. That's but, gone. You know. But what's annoying is. They'll find a way. They'll, yeah, they will find a way. Like, oh, there's a that's spare what I was time gonna, crystal. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask you. Will they? Will some of them get their memories back? And to dovetail yes. that is, this is the end of the high school trilogy. Now, this is the early formation of Peter Parker as a superhero, which is quite an interesting phase of his life. You know, the Tobey Maguire version, obviously, is, is, is supposed to be young, but... The ones we see like into the Spider-Verse, we see an older Peter Parker, a 27-year-old, a 30-year-old Peter Parker who has been fighting crime, even in the Spider-Man games, same thing, who has been fighting crime. Pig for version. The, yeah, pig, pig, um, Spider-Pig. Who's Peter been, Parker. <laughs> Peter Parker, uh, who's, who's been fighting crime for like 15 years. So this is the new phase of that hero's life where he's he's shed he's shed high school this is him becoming spider-man and he has a lot to learn this also gives us the opportunity to uh, you know not get rid of zendaya as mj and, and ned they can definitely come back later and i could definitely see them being introduced later but you've got opportunities here for gwen stacy to come into the fray you've got opportunities here for other villains kingpin who, who definitely will be rising up in the turmoil of something like the blip and the crime gangs that I'm sure will be coming up like that. You've got these other villains who can come into play. So I think they're going to leave them for a bit and I think they will come back to them. I, I definitely think the chemistry between MJ Zendaya and, and, uh, and um, Tom Holland is too good to leave. So I, I, I could see there being a film or two break from it and then it coming back and then them coming back. Also, there's a theory going around that Ned could end up turning, being a villain, which is very interesting. It gets mentioned in this film um, that uh, oh, yeah. Peter Parker fights his best friend. Um, and that does happen in, obviously, in uh, Tobey Maguire's one. Yeah, where he fights Green Goblin Jr. or whatever, um, played by James Franco. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who Ned could potentially turn into. Obviously, nothing Goblin related, but could be another villain. So that's interesting as a concept for him to come back into the fray at some point. Overall, lots of possibilities. Dower ending, but fuck me, 
great future ahead for uh, the Spider-Man franchise. And I would happily see another three Spider-Man films. Here's a theory for you. It's entirely dependent on the answer to this question. Is there a Spider-Man villain that has something to do with engineering? Yeah, probably. I mean, look, there's a lot of villains. I need to think back to Sinister Six stuff. Because MJ is like, hey, fellow engineer, because it's the... Yeah, I think... Yeah, and don't forget... Don't forget, Ned proves in this film that he does have magic within him. Like, he, he... uh, do you know how long it took Doctor Strange to use a sling ring? You watched the film. You saw how difficult it was for him to use it. He, Ned used he, had, it to be, his... he had to be trapped in Mount Everest to get Correct. back. Correct. Spoiler and Ned's just fucking doing it for Strange. fun. So, so there's some stuff there that I think is very interesting. Um, let's talk about uh, overall fantastic film, obviously. And, you know, I'm going to go watch it again. I can't wait to go see it again. But very excited. Um so maximum reviews remember let's talk about the mid credit scene and let's talk about the end credit scene mid credit scene very fun um eddie brock played by tom hardy who has just had his latest venom film uh i don't know if it's out here yet gareth or i haven't seen it so i can't talk much uh, about let there be carnage no. yeah it's, it's been, been delayed it's been, but... it's been advertised a lot yes let there be carnage um and we find out that he's been transported to this universe as well Obviously, this is pre the events of the end of the film. So he's talking to a guy at the bar and he's like, what? So you're telling me there was this purple alien that wiped out half the universe. I need to go speak to this Peter Parker. And then he vanishes because the spell happens and all the people go back. Um, I loved it. Uh, and there's a little bit of black venom goo that gets left on the bar, which is obviously maybe the next step for this uh, franchise. Um, because but then that means it can't be tom holland right no it can't oh, sorry sorry tom it can't be tom hardy playing venom uh, in this universe it can maybe it can i'll be look here's the interesting thing sony owned the rights to spider-man but they gave them to marvel for a limited time and they keep paying them loads of money so they can still use spider-man in all these films right because technically spider-man belongs to sony sony also owned venom and they haven't given Venom to the Marvel Universe yet. But maybe there's a deal being struck. Maybe there's something happening there because, you know, both films are very popular. Venom's actually done surprisingly well. I definitely foresee Spider-Man's next adversary or friend, who knows, being Eddie Brock and Venom, which is very interesting. I mean, that's a good way for Spider-Man to move. You know, we talked about Kingpin. Maybe he's a big bad. Maybe Venom comes into play. There's some fun things there. So... I, I would totally buy into that film. And Eddie Brock in the first Venom film, uh, played by Tom Hardy, is, is, is you know, it's, it's fun. It's a fun film. It's, it's nothing groundbreaking, but it's fun. And I think if you were to pair them, I think it could be really good, personally. Well, I, yeah, I think it could work. But, but surely the story is that, that Tom Hardy, the Tom Hardy version, was in that universe temporarily and now has gone yeah. back to his. So he's gone. But what if but there's, there's Eddie Brock still exists in this spider-man's universe but just hasn't found venom yet maybe this venom sludge goes and finds eddie brock that they're a symbiote for a reason you know the the venom alien because only certain only works with certain humans if you get what i mean uh so i'd love it if it was just that like mexican barman yeah that's just there random just random mexican barman uh, the next one I want to talk about is the end credit scene which for the first time ever in my knowledge 
is a genuine trailer which has not been released before um usually i kind of think the end credit sequences are kind of non-important like you could get away with not seeing them um they don't usually integrally matter to the story but this one really did because it was a it was essentially a trailer for the multiverse of madness which i i've been harping on about for a while now on this podcast and saying how i'm excited for it featuring um scarlet witch uh who i love who you love and she is brilliant uh and doctor strange and their journey through the multiverse and the big reveal at the end evil doctor strange which is yeah, amazing this Sorcerer... looked, this looked really cool this got me now hyped this is what i want to say to everyone right now now there is a show called marvel's what if and it's on disney plus right and i've explained it in the 60 minutes episodes before it's amazing animation so it's animated so if you're not into animated stuff i I get it but there's some really cool story stuff and it's basically twilight zone of marvel so there'll be scenarios that are thrown out there which are like this is how you remember the marvel films but in this alternate universe it played out this way and because of that this happened okay episode four i think it is of that series is about doctor strange it is actually such a beautiful and depressing episode of television uh, the animation's fantastic it's benedict cumberbatch doing the voice of dr strange so you've got all that back and it's essentially about how he tries to save the love of his life uh, because in this universe she dies christine and he uses the time stone to try and do this and helen you know chaos ensues and i won't say any more about it but it does reveal that there are multiple versions of Doctor Strange, who are the Sorcerer Supreme, who are the biggest threat to all of reality in the universe, potentially. And what the fuck do we get in this trailer is we see evil Doctor Strange, and they even say the line is, the biggest threat to the multiverse and all of reality is you, Stephen. It's amazing. It's great. Uh, Shit line to be on the receiving end of, isn't it? Yes. But that is kind of true and and the thing is i didn't know how much this what if show would actually matter to the actual canon of mcu and there have been multiple instances where things in those episodes have been referenced and are also going to affect future things well they, so, can, they can draw from it if they're drawing from know, it yeah if you go into the multiverse route then yeah, yeah. You, you can you can draw directly from it, it makes sense so, so what I would say is, if you haven't seen that and you love your Marvel canon, but you also want to have a good time, because some of these episodes are very fun, some of them are very silly, some of them see your favourite characters die, it's kind of cool, uh, go check it out, Marvel's What If on Disney+, and that will give you a better context about the multiverse, because it is multiverse related, it'll give you a context on, there's a really cool storyline with Ultron in there, which I don't want to spoil, but go check it out, um, yeah, Marvel's What If, and that's it. I'm buzzing for that uh, multiverse of madness stuff because that looks great. So I'm sure everyone yeah, who good. saw that, that that end credit scene was like, you know what? Maybe Marvel isn't just done yet. Maybe they're putting things out that are still worthwhile. Um, yeah, and they definitely yeah. are. Like this is a hundred percent a home run. Like Make from sure. everyone I've spoken to, this is a home run. Every review I've read, this is a home run. Like this, this pulled off something fantastic, multi generational. Um, just bag of fun 
mixed in with all your favourite comic beats, mixed in with Peter Parker finally getting his pathos, his drive from losing one of his uh, parental figures. He's obviously lost Tony Stark, but now losing Aunt May. It's great. I mean, it's got everything you could want from the film. So go check it out. Do you know what I mean about it having a bit of an early 2000s vibe? And I don't don't think that's just because of the characters. That's fine because it, it has to lean into that because of the older superheroes. Like they they can't, especially Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. But also with, this is like seeing your favorite comic book rewritten by a different author. Like it's just the same stuff packaged up differently, but packaged up in a most beautiful, imaginative and collaborative way. And that's why it seems like something familiar, but also something very different. And I think the difference here is the heart, like I was talking about between the characters um you've still got those major story beats but you're also drawing on that nostalgia from when we saw it as kids um and also drawing upon the thing that we care most about really which is the relationship between characters especially mj peter ned uh even you know aunt may um and the villains you know i think they did a great job humanizing the villains in this um which is fantastic so i I love the film I i can't wait to see what john and Atal think about it but uh yeah if you can let us know what you think guys you can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com over the christmas break if you haven't seen it yet go see it if you wanted to wait for this review some people do that go check it out sorry for all the spoilers um and also you know um go see it again because i i think i think this is a fantastic film that definitely uh needs to be viewed in the cinema if you're in australia um, yeah len needs somebody to go and see it again with so I'll see it with the missus next, mate. I'm not going to. She wants to see it. She wants to see it. Does she? Yeah. She loves Spider-Man. It's good, that. Okay. Good. good um, well done, Mel. She was annoyed that we went. So, but I said, look, no. it's for the podcast. Had to. She's She's got to understand that. Yeah, she understands. It's all good. Um, but I'll go I see introduced the two of you. She can't get annoyed at anything. Well, anyway, enough of that. Enough of uh, historical critical. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening to us. Uh, it's been a pleasure this year we're returning as i said to more review type stuff more tv type stuff and original content next year the next podcast we're going to do is a humdinger ghostbusters afterlife in the new year get ready to check that out that is going to be so much fun i've heard great things and you know how much we love the ghostbusters here at fan critical okay ghostbusters one and ghostbusters two so don't even hey, get have started you seen- on that Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2. 2. Do exactly. you think it's underrated? No. Yes. Massively underrated. Um, so, yes, that is the next one in the year. Have a lovely Christmas. Enjoy time with your family. Gareth, I'd say the same to you, but I'm seeing you on Christmas Eve. So I'll wish that to you then. Thank you for I'll joining me today. Then. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a lovely break. Thanks, us. guys. Have a lovely break. Happy Christmas. Enjoy Spider-Man. And I hope you loved our coverage this year. We'll be back in the new year with some more lovely coverage for you all. Thanks, guys. With great coverage comes great comes responsibility. Comes great responsibility. Yeah, I like that. It's good, that. You're flying out into the darkness to fight ghosts. What do you mean? They all die fighting Spider-Man. It's their fate. I'm sorry, kid. Yeah, me too. Don't. Look, there has to be another way! There isn't. They're a danger to our universe. You're not gonna take this away from me. Peter. You're struggling to have everything you want.
while the world tries to make you choose. This is all my fault. I can't save everyone. They're starting to come through, and I can't stop them.